Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Jessica LaRusso, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us again. Hello, Al. How are you? Excellent. Here I am, short on time again, and i got so much I want to talk to you about. So, again, we're going to have to have you back, but thanks a lot for coming on. We talked a couple of weeks ago about etiquette in grocery stores with COVID-19, and I saw a poll this morning, and I thought of you. 54% say they think we should get rid of the handshake. Just 11% say it should continue. What do you think? So, you know, historically, um, we've gone through a lot of epidemics and uh, plagues, for example. Uh, The reason why for centuries uh, the French stopped kissing on the cheek because of the Black Plague. But now uh, they tend to, in Italy and France, they tend to kiss on the cheek. Things change. Um, We don't hand kiss anymore, so... Culturally, things change. I think right now they're talking about um, not handshaking, not having that touch because of the circumstances. But I, I believe that's going to change again, which the importance of handshaking is um, paramount to that connectedness, that building of trust. You know, studies show people who engage in personal trust they earn more money, they, um, they can bill more, they negotiate better. So I think that at this moment, we are nervous or scared, apprehensive of personal touch. But I do believe it will come back, but it may come back different depending on what's happening culturally. And here's my question for everybody today at 204-780-6868 and Hal at CJOB.com. What has changed that you like, that you think will continue now? Because of coronavirus, because of COVID-19, so much has changed. What's working for you? What what has improved because of coronavirus? Any thoughts on, on that, Jessica? I, I really like that question, Hal, because I, I think what has improved is the fact that people are, are being mindful and engaging in their social intelligence. And what social intelligence means is it's the social knowledge, knowing, reading what that person's going to do, taking a moment to really acknowledge that person and understanding, do they want to be touched? Do, they want, do I want to say hello? Do I move away from that person? So that, that taking that moment to understand the other person is really, the, the, I guess, the positive that's coming out of this that we didn't do before. We just kind of walked by the person. Now we actually have to engage in the person to see what they're going to do so we can react. Can I tell you a silly one that I like that I hope we stick with? The directions of of grocery aisles, the arrows in grocery aisles, that makes so much sense to me now. I hope that continues. I don't know if it will or not. It's kind of a silly one, but I I hope that one continues. Well, I I think that um, just having people in that direction, so uh, I think what's happening before, people used to have a bottleneck or a jam, and you, you have to go around people with having yeah. the one direction. It just kind of flows the traffic. And just like the road, people on the right who want to be slower and pause and look at what they uh, want to buy and people who want to quickly shop can go can move to the left. 
but actually is better direction. Jessica, you're great. We'll talk again soon. Thanks very much for this. Thank you, Mr. Howell. Have a great day. All right, Jessica LaRusso is a credibility expert or an etiquette expert, if you'd rather say it that way. She likes credibility expert, and she is a credibility expert at In Good Company Etiquette Academy. In Good Company Etiquette Academy. And before we bring on Bob Irving here, the voice of the Bombers, I want to play a quick clip of Buck Pierce, Bomber OC Buck Pierce, on the start this morning with McLean, McGarry, and McNabb talking about this new bomber video that you can watch at bluebombers.com unbelievable uh well about as uh you know i think i think you know with a lot of things you know not on tv right now there's not a lot of sports on there's not a lot of other things that kind of take your mind off of what's going on outside outside your home um to have the opportunity to you know put that video on and relive those emotions um and and those feelings from those games and those playoff runs and uh you know you watch the sideline shots and the locker room things and man it was just done so so well and and uh you know they do a great job there at bluebombers.com and and uh you know i'll probably watch it a couple more times this morning you can uh, i'll tell you what thousands of people have watched it it's at bluebombers.com as buck mentioned there it's called road to the gray cup and the voice of the bomber cgob's uh, bob irving joins us now bob have you watched it Oh, yeah, Hal, I watched it. Uh, good to talk to you, by the way. Good to talk yeah. to everybody these days, Hal. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no, I watched it live last night, and uh, I was looking forward to it. I had heard, you know, about it, and it was everything I hoped it would be. It started with uh, more or less with the acquisition of Zach Kolaris and then that final regular season win over Calgary and then on to the playoffs, the semifinal game in Calgary, the final in Regina, of course, the, the Grey Cup in Calgary, the win over Hamilton, uh, Riley Mara, who did I, most of the work, I understand, on editing it and putting it together, did a terrific job. Uh, that uh, creative department over there, Rianne Marcou, is in charge of it as well. Uh, they do a fantastic job. And, boy, it brought back some great memories. I know for me and for all Bomber fans, I understand they had about 20,000 hits on that last night, Hal, which is a huge wow. number for something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was great. And, and there was some footage in there, uh, especially after the Grey Cup win that I had never seen before, shots in the dressing room when uh, Mike O'Shea addressed the team. Uh, I don't know if it's been out anywhere, but I had never seen them before, and they were they were really cool shots of the whole thing. It was about 47 minutes long, and it was a wonderful trip down memory lane for the 2019 Blue Bomber Grey Cup victory season. So it was yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I was able to watch about 10 minutes this morning, and then I got too busy, so I'll finish it later on. Uh, but they do say there is never-before-seen footage in there, and that's yep. kind of what you're referring to. And and it is a great way, if you're a Bomber fan, to kind of celebrate a great year as we head into an uncertain season. Well, that's right. And, you know, the, the Bomber book they put out, Hal, a few weeks ago that uh, cataloged the 2019 season, I wrote the foreword in that book, and the thing I said in the forward was that those four games at the end of the year, the 18th and final regular season game, which was a win over Calgary here at home, and then the playoff wins and the Grey Cup win, that four-game stretch is unlike anything that I've ever seen in the many, many years I've covered the Blue Bombers. It was kind of a magical 
month or five week period when the team had kind of been written off by everybody. You remember that they were riding yep. high early, and then they had the injuries. And uh, boy, when the regular season was just about to end and the playoffs around the corner, nobody was picking the Bombers to to win the Grey Cup. Many were at the start of the year, but none toward the end. And then they got on that magical run, as I call it, and it uh, it was just something that I'll never forget. And I know Bomber fans, well, the the people crying. Uh, you know, at the end of that great cup win, I've talked to countless people, Hal, who told me that, you know, they had friends that they knew who were absolutely in tears because the Bombers had finally, finally won the great cup. Yeah. I remember one woman that called uh, my show and was in tears, literally crying, and she was talking about how, you know, she's had kids and grandkids, but this tops all of that, right? So, I mean... <laughs> It was yeah. it was crazy, and, and what struck me as as it was all happening, those games that you talk about, as it was happening, and now as I look back, it seems like everything went right. You know, there have been so many years where something's gone wrong, or several things have gone wrong, or hey, all we need is this, and then it doesn't it doesn't happen. It seems like this past season, just everything worked out perfectly, even though there were challenges. We got over them, and somehow, you know, with the help of a guy like Zach Kolaris, figured it out, got it done. Well, that's such a great point, Hal. Uh, the Bombers did get, I think it's fair to say, they had some things bounce their way, especially yep. in that West Final in Regina. You know, things things could have gone the other direction as well. Uh, but, boy, if a team and a franchise was ever overdue to get some of the the good bounces, uh, it was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who had gone 29 years without winning a Grey Cup championship. So, you know, I think you're right in saying it was one of those, certainly the year ended in a fashion where things kind of broke Winnipeg's way, starting with the acquisition of Zach Kolaris. Uh, and, and that's very true, but uh, I don't think they need to apologize uh, for any of it if they did get a break or two along the way, because uh, there's been many a year that I can think of in, in recent times. Five Grey Cups they went to and lost them all. Since mm-hmm. that last win in 1990, and then the one in 2019, five of them they went to, and had some tough breaks in all those games. Can you put a percentage on the chances of the Bombers uh, at least getting a chance to try and make it two cups in a row? Well, hell, I can't. I don't know how anybody can. We just don't know what's going to happen next in this environment we're living in right now. We're all hoping there will be a season of some kind, even if it's just eight or nine games. Uh, But if they don't allow large gatherings, even into September and October, then I don't know how the Canadian Football League can play. Let's hope that it doesn't come to that, and in some way, shape, or form, they can uh, come up with a season, because it would be a shame. The Bombers have so much momentum going from that Grey Cup win, and it's all been sort of cut off at the knees now, which is really a shame. And I'd love to see them get a chance to go out and play uh, with Zach Kolaris at quarterback and, and see if they could do it again. Uh, whether or not uh, that's going to happen, hell, I have no idea. I don't even, you ask for a percentage, I can't even think of one. Is it zero? Is it 50? I don't know. I don't know. I think some sports, you know, some of the bigger sports that have bigger TV deals and stuff, I could see them playing games with no fans or real small crowds uh, in in the in the stands. But is that a likely scenario for the CFL, Bob? Without putting twenty five or thirty thousand fans in a stadium, I don't know as though it even makes sense to play games in the Canadian Football League, does it? 
Well, I would say it's not just an unlikely scenario. I'd say it's a scenario that we simply will not see. Uh, the Canadian Football League is so reliant on gate receipts, fans in the stands to help their bottom line that, uh, you know, it's one thing for the NHL and the NBA to say they'll play without fans. They could perhaps make that work financially, but uh, I don't see how the Canadian Football League could make that work. Now, they may, uh, some of the deep thinkers may think that's worth taking a run at, but I just don't see financially how they could do it. No, to me, that's that's a non-starter. How are you doing otherwise? How are you in day? You managing? Yeah, we're doing fine. Well, I, I tell people, Hal, normally this time of year, I'm not doing much anyway. I'm just kind of waiting for bomber training camp to start mm-hmm. and the season to begin again. So uh, the self-isolating is a little bit of a pain in the neck. I think we all would agree with that, but it's something yeah. we have to do. So it's not that difficult for me. I'm pretty good at lying around at this time of the year and, you know, listening to my hair grow and, you know, watching the clouds <laughs> roll by. And so that's I'm just kind of doing what I normally do, Hal. Bob, I hate to tell you, that's not much of a show, watching your hair grow. But anyhow, um, <laughs> no. hey, we're before I let you go, you like movies and stuff. I always hear you talking with the start because uh, uh, McGarry is, of course, one of the couch potatoes. We were talking earlier, the Goonies, they had a reunion, a virtual reunion of the cast and the director and Spielberg was involved. The Goonies, that's 35 years ago. And so we said... And they're talking about maybe doing a reboot or a sequel or something, maybe redoing it in some way or another. Uh, so we're talking movies and stuff. Are you watching anything good right now on, on TV? Have you added a streaming service or two to the Irving household? What's going on with TV? We just added Amazon Prime. It's funny you should mention that. Yeah, uh, we, we added did that too. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched uh, The Tiger King Um a thing which was i don't even know how to describe <laughs> yeah, it. It's beyond, right. it's beyond description have you seen it <laughs> i watched a couple episodes bob and to be honest with you after two episodes i just don't think i got it in me i got no. there's better stuff to watch i think so i i've passed for now although i may revisit it i'm not sure well yeah it's pretty wild let's put it that way and then the other <laughs> one was ozark which i hadn't even oh fantastic I heard yeah i i have watched now all three seasons of that and that's yeah. a little bit over the top too uh, but it's very, it's quite intriguing. It, it, you know, the Tiger King and Ozark, you better be prepared. You better have a strong stomach. Let me put it that yeah. way if you're going to watch those two. Yeah. That uh, Jack Ryan show is pretty good on Prime, yeah. Amazon Prime. You can watch Global News on there 24-7. That's kind of right. cool. I'm looking and, forward uh, to seeing the Jack Ryan. I'm a Jack Ryan fan. so Yeah, that's good. And you know what? We just started a new one the other night on Netflix. It's called Heist or Money Heist. Have you watched that one? No, I haven't, no. Brett McGarry mentioned that on social media the other day, saying it's one of the best things he's ever watched, and we started watching it, and it's they, they've dubbed the English. It was in another language, and they've dubbed the English in over top, so that's a little distracting, but it's very good, Bob. If you like heist shows, that's a good show. Uh, I do. Well, thanks yeah. for the tips, Hal. I'm, uh, yeah. you know, we're all looking for things to kind of <laughs> wrap our we heads are. around, and uh, the more options we have, the better. I hear you. Well, listen, stay safe, Bob. Thanks a lot. We'll chat again soon. You bet, Hal. All the best to you and your listeners. Joining us right now on the phone, Garth Rogerson, the CEO of the Red River Exhibition Association. Garth, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I wish you were joining us uh, to talk about what's coming up at the Red River X. Uh, unfortunately, this morning you announced, I guess, what was inevitable. Uh, we'll yeah. get into that a bit, but the cancellation of the X. Yeah, you know, I've had a couple better days than today. But uh, unfortunately, the writing was on the wall, and uh, we had no choice but to cancel. 
you, um, uh, you know, we were hearing about uh, Folklorama and the Folk Festival, and I was just reading now Rainbow Stage has canceled its 2020 season uh, due to COVID-19. You guys were hanging in there w- w- until this morning. Was there a hope that maybe something might change, allowing the X to continue or, or go ahead in some form or another? Well, you, you know, you never know, right? And so, you know, you go through these scenarios in your mind. You know, what if this happens? What if there's no more cases? What if people get, you know, so you, you, you try and rationalize it out that maybe there's hope. And, and I sort of uh, timed out, you know, when do I, when's the absolute drop-dead date to cancel this thing? And that's what I held out for. And uh, but with the collapse of the Calgary Stampede and and other things in this in the fair circuit that really put the writing on the wall and we had to pull the bin. Yeah, because I imagine as other uh, fairs and exhibitions like yours uh, decided that they wouldn't be happening this year. Well, then some of the rides and the vendors and, and these people that are involved in other cities maybe then make the decision, well, we're not going to Winnipeg and that probably plays a yeah. role. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's sort of the A circuit when it starts uh, in Winnipeg and then it goes off to the Calgary Stampede and then Edmonton, Regina, Saskatoon, and then back to the CNE in Toronto. So when we lost that first part of the season, that, you know, that made it so that the, the, the ride company wouldn't, it wouldn't pay them to come up into Canada. Yeah, and so then you make the decision that you right, right. dread to, to make, but... But you have to make. I was surprised. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I know the Red River X is is a big deal, and it's a big deal for Winnipeggers and Manitobans who like to go uh, for the vendors, and and they're not just people coming from elsewhere. There's local people that are involved in, uh, you know, the uh, attractions and and all that kind of stuff. It's significant the amount of money the X puts into the economy. Yeah, that that uh, that. $16 million economic impact number came from a study that was done by Economic Development Winnipeg, and they also found that 30% of our audience comes from over 80 kilometers away. So, you know, not only is there a loss of that economic impact, you know, you, you lose those people coming into the community that might be buying, uh, you know, clothes at Pola Park or going to restaurants and staying in hotels and so forth. So it, 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 the ripple effect out from this is quite substantial. Do you wonder, and let's hope, you know, I, I think we should be able to carry on with some of these events next summer. You've sort of obviously reminded people that it will happen next June, right, just over right. a year uh, uh, from now. Do you wonder what the X in 2021 is going to look like? Will it be different, social distancing and all that stuff? Yes, you know what, I've been working for a number of years on a plan to dramatically change the fair, and we had planned to do a 20-acre expansion of the park, but of course, fortunately, we had to put that on hold. But there's going to be some substantial changes. We've also invested in some new equipment that uh, are pretty incredible things on in how you can disinfect, uh, you know, very quickly disinfect tables and benches and so forth. So um, this electrostatic where it just absorbs around, very, very interesting, kind of expensive, but this equipment will be utilized on a go forward basis you know even if we're 100 percent cured next year we're still going to implement those cleaning standards so that uh, we up the game a bit and you were working on a lot of that stuff even before covid19 eh? yeah absolutely uh you know we 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 want to change the the park we we have a lot of ideas for the future and in incorporating the the concept of a theme park and some different attraction spaces and so forth so this project their design has been going on for about three years uh scheduled to start the first of may if you can believe it unfortunately mm-hmm. we had to put that off but um there is going to be changes implemented next year and sort of a, a slower rollout of that bigger vision mm-hmm 
And then talk a little bit about how some people are impacted because, I mean, it, it's vendors, like I said, but musicians, right? I mean, you've got the entertainment on the stage there. Um, right. it, I mean, it really, you talk about the ripple effect. It really is uh, coming in so many waves, right? Well, you know, we started canceling this on actually on Thursday because we wanted to give everybody a heads up. But it, it's so mammoth when you, you know, it's not just the, inter, the, you know, the band you have to call. You have to call the booking agent, the limo company, the airline, the, you know, the hotel. It goes on and on and on. And, you know, the sound and light guys and, and staging guys. And it, it, it really is that ripple effect out that makes it very challenging. And, you know, over 120 different concessions. You've got exhibitors. You've got, a, you know, attractions. You know, the lumberjack guy that was coming in, the chainsaw guy. Saw guys that walk around entertain lots of local entertainers, but lots of out of town entertainers as well. So very big, very big project to, to cancel. And the mini donuts. I mean, that's sad. and the mini donuts. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I look forward every summer. I usually end up, as you know, getting to do one show, one of my shows right. uh, at the X. Uh, Jody's fantastic, and and you guys are all great out there at the X. And and so it's sad that I won't be making my my annual uh, trek out there. It's usually on Fridays, and I know Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, my regular Friday guest, always looks forward to a corn dog on uh, <laughs> on Fridays at the X. <laughs> with me so it's disappointing but uh well, my, got my lots grandson of... my grandson talked about that you know he, he fed you last year and he was very yes and, and he's very disappointed he's not going to be doing that again this year well you tell him i'm ready for 2021 <laughs> i can't wait for it that'd be great garth thanks a lot thank you well, and we may get more on, on schools and whether or not this year is officially done or not tomorrow as the Premier uh, or or somebody at the province, is, I would imagine it's the Premier, will announce details of the reopening plan for Manitoba. But I saw this story. A psychotherapist who works mostly with adolescents is supporting the idea of schools holding virtual proms and graduation ceremonies. She says adolescents is a time of forming identity and a sense of emotional well-being and having life experiences like prom and grad ripped away from teens can be especially painful. She says teens and parents need to find creative ways to honor these experiences while staying safe and maintaining social distance. And I agree. I think uh, grads and proms are really important. Virtual wouldn't be uh, uh, necessarily the best option, but it might be the only option. So we'll see if we find out more about how they're going to handle it locally here. But Carolyn Klassen, therapist at Connexus Counseling, joins us here for a couple minutes with a special Tuesday appearance. She'll be here on Thursday between 2.30 and 3, a whole half hour with Carolyn on Thursday. Carolyn, what do you think about this idea of a virtual grad or, or virtual prom? I, I think it's a good idea. I think something should happen, right? Well, I don't know if the school board is going to do something, but I recognize that something needs to be done to honor each and every high school graduate in the province of Manitoba because let me tell you how I know I can in my mind's eye I know exactly what my dress looked like. I remember every detail of it. I know what my shoes looked like. It is a moment that I will hold forever because at that, when I was graduated, that was the biggest moment to date in my life, right? That was something that we had worked towards for 12 years. And it's something that not only graduates, but the parents, and uncles, we all want to celebrate and acknowledge the incredible accomplishment of what happened throughout their years. And then also use it as a time to sort of launch them into what we often, those university years and kind of the beginning, formal beginning of adulthood. 
Uh, and so there needs to be a way either through the school system or each just little groups finding ways of honoring and finding ways to recognize and celebrate the incredible accomplishments of our high school graduates. I agree completely. Your phone cut out a bit there. I, we got it, though, and hopefully your phone line hangs in there. But I agree. And even if it's just mom, dad, and the grad, uh, as you said, do something or, or get a little group together, close friends, and celebrate the accomplishment because it would be a shame at the end of all those years uh, to graduate and there not be some recognition or celebration of that. Well, truly, and you have to know that each high school graduate has watched their entire life other graduates be able to pick their dress and be able to plan for the dance and be able to sort of know what's happening and, and sort of anticipate it and use that as fuel and motivation for all those years, all those years of studying Cal and Canadian history and wondering when you're ever going to use this stuff, but you know that it gets you to the party. And so to have that party yanked away is hugely disappointing. But I also think that as we recognize and find other ways of celebrating, it's second best. And when I hope that the high school graduates can see the efforts that the grown-ups are doing to give them a good experience, but it just isn't going to be the same. There isn't going to be the wrap-up of being able to say goodbye to the teachers in the way you would have wanted or the kid that sits in front of you in pre-cal and that you're not going to hang out with again, but you kind of enjoy their company when you're in class. Like there are, there are things that nothing is going to be recaptured. Like there is just loss and grief that's going to be a part of this high school graduation in a way that's completely unique to this year of high schoolers. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about frontline workers, healthcare workers. They get a lot of recognition. First responders get a lot of recognition uh, through this pandemic. But I got to tell you, I ended up in the middle of a teacher parade the other day uh, where there were teachers in cars and signs and balloons, and they were driving down the street, and there were kids, their students, lined up along the street, waving at the teacher. You know, I mean, they were little ones, right, back when you, you still really liked your teacher. <laughs> you know, not <laughs> later on in, in school, maybe when you didn't like your teacher. But I, it was heartwarming to see that, Carolyn, and to know that these teachers, uh, aside from, you know, finding a way to try and teach these kids remotely as they're at home, and but still finding the time and making the effort to do something like this, just so special. Teachers love their students. They got into teaching because they love working with kids. And so while they're remotely teaching in a heroic sort of way, truly, um, it doesn't give them the contact with the students. That is the reason why they went into the profession, right? This is such plan B for them. Um, last week, we had a teacher come and sit on our back deck with social distancing to talk about how we were going to navigate through a course that's difficult. Um, and, like, I just wanted to cry the, the lengths that this teacher was willing to go to to help my son be successful like it's really moving to see and and so they're they're another component an important part of the graduation of high schoolers is that these teachers have walked with you they look forward to watching their students that they have pulled and encouraged and yanked across the finish line when you actually get there everything in you everybody just wants to cheer when they cross that finish line of high school and i'm hoping that there are ways where we can have those cheers virtually hey carolyn thanks for jumping on today for a couple minutes i appreciate it talk to you thursday Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.